Revelation. <laughs> there. Boa tarde, Dona Lara. Muito obrigado pelas palavras tão deliciosas. I got okay. words. <laughs> yeah, isn't that fun? It's really fun. Gente que está no verão no Brasil. Oh, que, que frio. They're cold down there in Brazil. What did she say at the last part of the thing? She, she said, thank you for every Wednesday. My family enjoyed it. Awesome. I give my family enjoyment to be more accurate. Mais ou menos. More or less. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. So, question. Has anybody, excuse me just a minute, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking to the people. Estou falando com a gente, fica quieto, por favor. Okay. Stay what? Que barbaridade. Okay. Has anybody noticed more butterflies than normal lately? Is that yeah. just me? Have you, have you seen more butterflies? Seriously. I have. You have? Mm-hmm. What, what do you attribute it to? I think that I didn't see this question coming. Oh, it's, it's summer, right? <laughs> it's summer. In winter, there weren't nearly as many. There are, though. We have monarchs already. Yeah. That's well, anyway, whatever. I just think it's interesting. There, there are more butterflies this year. I mean, all of a sudden, there they are. Little ones, big ones. I saw one land on your head the other day. It did. It landed right there and it stayed there. Do you see that piece of paper? You're supposed to do something with it. <clears throat> You're going to want another co-host So we got this all planned. Here. You should have read that before we came out. <laughs> there, I have a question here. Okay, question. Is this for me? Yes, it's okay. for you. And it's from one of... From one of our students. Okay, good. Okay. Is the Android R51 based on AI? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I'm absolutely sure that he is artificial. <laughs> yeah. But intelligence? I don't know. <laughs> that's a tough one. That is a tough mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that's, that's really a tough so one. So is that your answer? Mais ou menos. All right. Let's get down to business. It looks like you have, I have a lot of business. I have something here that I want to bring forward. Yes, we do. These are gold hydrogen coins. Do you remember last week we talked about these and we challenged people to see if they could unravel the biggest mystery of all, which was what is Peugeot's planet? Do you remember that? And I said, we were going to select 10 responses to send these gold coins to. Now they're all packaged up, ready to send. And our staff went through. We had a lot of, a lot of people that responded on this. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it turns out that um, it was hard to select 10 because there were so many good ones. But I would like to read the, quest, I mean the responses that we're going to be sending the coin to. So if you responded, see if your name happens to be on this list. So we're going to give your first name and the city you're from so you'll know for sure it's you. If you don't know what city you're from, (laughs) check Google Maps. (laughs) All right. All right. So the first one. From Sonia. Sonia. Uh From where? Chicago, Illinois. Okay. She came from Saturn 
because she runs rings around a solace. <laughs> That's a that, pretty good one. Does R51 live in Chicago? <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Here comes yours. The next one right here. Who's this one? Um, you, you're going to have to make, you're going to have to forgive me if I don't pronounce your name correctly. Any of these? Oh, brother. <laughs> that's not social. It is. I'm asking in advance. Okay. <laughs> Karaya from Chino Hills, California. I think that she's an avatar that comes from the planet Pandora. <laughs> so I'm not really, I'm just an avatar, I'm not really, I'm being moved by something mm. else. These are some pretty good possibilities. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gabriella from Las Vegas, Nevada. I think Peugeot is from Neptune, because, the blue planet, because the way the blue behind her shines through her hair during science <laughs> <laughs> I never knew it did that. <laughs> No, I know. Wow. You could probably use this at the right casino <laughs> when you graduate. Okay, this, this one. Is Amber from Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. Peugeot comes from the planet Denaus Plexibus Robopoxera, or planet monarch butterfly. Could you repeat that? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure you can say it, too. I should know it, shouldn't I? Uh, just a minute. Excuse me. Can I tell you I'm, I'm ruining the names? <laughs> I don't know if I should take this or not. Well, if you don't know, then probably not. This is the artificial, but not necessarily an intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> He's messaging you during something. He's watching? What do you think? Delete, go ahead and watch it. Okay, go ahead and put it on. What? Hey, 51. Hello. What are you doing? I'm doing research. These are different kinds of flowers. Why are you studying flower? We need lots of different flowers. Why do we need so many different types of flowers? I don't know. So tell me about those goggles. Those are pretty fancy. These are my research glasses. <laughs> I can see things that are very, very small. And this one has got these little lenses that make the world really beautiful. Wait a minute. I can see an image on that lens. Oh, boy. I don't know about you. I invented something else. Do you want to see another invention? This is little 51. <laughs> Isn't he a darling? I invented him. He's got a picture, and there's old R. Yeah. What's yeah, that other one? Oh, that one. Um, this one I'm still working on. You know, that kind of looks like so. Peugeot. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, shouldn't have taken that interruption, should I? Block. <laughs> right. been busy. So what about this one? Emily, from London, Kentucky. Okay. I think that Peugeot came from a planet where rudeness and misfortune doesn't exist. 
She just seems too nice and sweet to have come from Earth. <laughs> well, she's turning Earth into that planet, I'll tell you <laughs> that for around, sure. Aren't we? Yeah, that's really a good one. All right, how about this one? This is from Haley. Haley. It's the comet or the student? It's a student. So, okay, where from? Copperopolis, California. Okay. I think she came from a star because her smile shines brighter than the sun. That smile is contagious and often makes me happy. I like that one. <laughs> what do you teach in that social course? Okay. It's secret. You have to take it, otherwise, I'll get off. Summerlin from Tar Hill, North Carolina. Peugeot obviously traveled here on a spaceship with butterfly wings. We should thank her for her sacrifice of those years it took to come here. That's right. Just to give us social and emotional training. It took a long time to get here. <laughs> it really did. Excellent. These, these are good, aren't they? They are. This I is like from it. Anna from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Dr. Peugeot comes from a planet where butterflies are everywhere because it's located in the butterfly nebula. So she knows about, you know, there's a butterfly nebula mm -hmm. up in space. Looks, okay, well, why, why is there a nebula, you know, made of stars mm -hmm. and gases and things that's shaped like a butterfly? I mean, it's supposed to be like a, you know, sweet well, rock. That's the, that's Isn't the that interesting? There is one. Mm -hmm. Someone should do a science fair project to figure out why it's shaped like a butterfly. It has wings. I mean, where did it come from? Okay, good. This is from Elizabeth from Henrico, Virginia. Mm -hmm. Her planet is hidden behind the great shimmering wings of the butterfly nebula. It is like a place from a dream. The sky is painted pink. The <laughs> world glimmers with bioluminescence. Why pink? Well, that, you know, that oh, yeah. color is my favorite color. <laughs> and the last one. From Ashley, from Round Lake, Illinois. I think Peugeot Monet is from Planet Peugeot. Everyone there is a Peugeot. <laughs> P.S. Make sure you don't show R51 this comment or he might trick Roger Billings into making him a rocket so he can go to the planet Peugeot. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, thank you. These are, expect these to arrive soon. Those are good. Okay. There's so many, it was really That's hard good. to There choose. are a lot of good ones. <laughs> and I think... I think we're going to do this some more. It really is fun. It's really fun. I turned it off. It's on vibrate. Oh, no. Is Again? he back? It's because Sp you didn't let him come so many times before. Okay. Mr. R, that was really a stop wonderful it, stop demonstration. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop <laughs> it. Okay, let's, let's get back to work. <laughs> Mr. R? Mr. Mr. R. Yeah, R1. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about hydrogen. You know, uh, one of the students that came in with a comment last week said, we want to understand better the dream of hydrogen. Yeah. The dream of hydrogen. And I, I want to get into that for a few minutes. Uh, in, in these short minutes that we have, I'd like to tell you more about the most abundant element in the universe. At a very young age, Inspired by a wonderful teacher, I realized that hydrogen could change the whole world. And it could change the world because it can power just about everything you can imagine with no pollution. 
no global warming, no greenhouse gases. It's just really the ideal, ideal, ideal fuel. And though this dream came over 50 years ago, it's finally starting to be realized. And yes, even Elon Musk now thinks that hydrogen cars are the way to go. Remember, we've been cheering for him for a few years, but it's, it's wonderful to have such a talented player on the hydrogen team now. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about hydrogen. Could you please help me hold, please? Okay, look. Can anybody, can everybody see these paddles? You see them? They're paddles. This is actually a screen hooked to a piece of metal, and I have it fastened to a rod. These are made of, of metal, but then they've been coated with a special metal called platinum. Platin, platinum is a catalyst. That means if platinum is present, chemical reactions take place that wouldn't otherwise take place. And the platinum is not used up. It's just there to make reactions go forward. Now, if I place these electrodes into this container, and then I fill it full of water, I attach wires hooked up to a battery or power supply, and turn it on, nothing would happen. Hmm. Okay. Can't just stop. You're not impressed? I can't. <laughs> Nothing would happen. Right. So what are you going to do? I'm going to tell you, nothing would happen. <laughs> but if you take a little bit of acid, like hydrochloric or even sulfuric, and put it into the water, then all of a sudden, bubbles would start to form on both electrodes. The one that's to hooked to the negative side of the battery would start bubbling off hydrogen. The one on the positive side of the battery start bubbling off oxygen, and there'd be twice as much hydrogen as oxygen. So before we started today, I went ahead and filled this with water, put some acid in, turned it on, and I filmed it. I'd like to show you my film of this thing hooked up to power. Let's roll it. Can you see it? So if you look, you can see the bubbles. And we are literally ripping water apart. It's made of hydrogen, it's made of oxygen. When the molecule is ripped apart in this container, then you get hydrogen and oxygen. Once you have hydrogen, if you ignite it, it reacts with oxygen and air, and you get the water back. And not one atom of water is lost. It's all converted to hydrogen, and it's all converted back to water. And so it's a cycle. I want to show you a diagram that shows the hydrogen cycle. And this is where we start looking at the dream of hydrogen. So let's say we start with the sun. Oh, there it is. The sun shines on a solar panel. The electricity goes into an electrolyzer. An electrolyzer is what this unit right here is. It's a device that you put electricity in and it breaks the water into hydrogen and oxygen. So in the electrolyzer, we split out the hydrogen, and let's go back to our figure. The hydrogen goes over to a storage, the oxygen is released into the air. The hydrogen is stored, and then when you need it, you put it back into a fuel cell. And it's a lot like this electrolyzer, except it runs backwards. In that case, 
in the fuel cell, you put hydrogen and air in, and it turns it back into water. And you said, well, why do that? We just barely broke up water. Because when you break up water, you're putting energy, in this example from the sun, to break it up. And then when you run it through the fuel cell, you're putting the hydrogen and oxygen back together, and you're getting the power back. So like, that could happen in your car, and it could power your wheels, or it could light up your house. And that's what's really interesting, because virtually everything on this earth for which we use energy can be provided by hydrogen with no pollution. And that will completely change the world by having a completely pollution-free fuel. Uh, one more time at the diagram, if you look after the fuel cell, we have the water going back to the electrolyzer. So that system just runs in a circle, and it can run for thousands and thousands of years. We'll never run out of water because we always get every atom of water or every molecule of water back. I once did a calculation based on probabilities. And it's kind of a crazy calculation, but I think it's fun. I calculated how many water atoms there are on Earth and how many I had electrolyzed to make hydrogen to run my different cars and vehicles, and then the probability that I had captured a water molecule that had hydrogen I'd already burned. I set it free again in the electrolyzer, and I burned it again. I'm just saying, you can burn it over and over and over. And you're bringing in energy from the sun, from wind, from any source, and using it more and more and more. And it's coming. It's going to be a real great technology. So this is one way that you can make hydrogen. You make it from water by putting electricity in. Okay? There's another way you can make hydrogen that I wanted to show you today. I have this little interesting demonstration. Could you please hold this up for me? It is this heavy. is a piece of zinc metal. It weighs one pound. So zinc is a metal like steel, like aluminum, but zinc has some very special properties. When you purify zinc from the ore and get this precious metal, it's not real precious like gold or platinum, but you get this I think Pretty it's metal. precious. It's wonderful <laughs> metal, beautiful metal. Mm -hmm. It actually has the ability to pull water apart as it corrodes. And when I say corrode, if you think if you take a piece of, of steel and put it out in the weather, it rusts. That's the steel corroding. In other words, the steel is reacting with oxygen, forming iron oxide. It's corroding and giving off hydrogen. When this metal corrodes, it rips the oxygen out of water, it's in water, and gives it off. I wanna see if we can actually do that here in Science Live. So here's a Erlenmeyer flask, and inside it, I've already put some metal, and you can probably see it best if I show you this example of zinc. Can you see these little pieces of metal? This is zinc, but it's not pretty like the, the zinc in there. <laughs> Excuse me. I've already been running some tests on it, so it looks darker. 
But this zinc isn't like a flat piece of metal like this piece that I showed you earlier. It's got a very high surface area. If I take this piece of zinc and I say, so how much surface area is there? Well, it's this long and this wide. It's got two sides. If I multiply it out, I can figure out exactly how much surface area there is. I'm going to react the zinc with this liquid. In here, I have hydrochloric acid. Hydrochloric acid rea reacts with zinc and produces hydrogen. How fast it produces hydrogen depends on how much zinc you have in, but not how much by weight, but by how much by the surface area, because it can only react on the surface. Well, if I put this zinc in acid, we would get some bubbles, and we'd have to have a very long episode of Science Live <laughs> to get enough to do anything. So instead, we're going to use this mossy zinc. And mossy zinc, it's like moss. <laughs> mossy zinc is different in that it has 100 times more surface area than regular metal zinc. And it does it because the way it was made, it's got all these little curvy cues in it. Let's look at it under a microscope. Okay, now you can see it. See all that surface? And that surface comes in contact with the acid so it reacts much faster. Mossy zinc's kind of fun because you can make it by melting zinc, so you have hot molten zinc, and then you drizzle it into water. And as it goes down in the water and gets quenched, it makes this very, very porous material. I think I got a little shot of how that's done, just in case you know, you wanna try it at home. And, uh, that is not it. <laughs> wasn't that amazing how that wasn't it? <laughs> okay, here we go. See how it's just dropped into the aquarium? It's hot, because when it drips, it's just liquid. Okay. You can see it's forming these crazy pieces of zinc. All right, so now you all know how to make your mossy zinc. But this will make the reaction go very fast. So I'm going to put, I've already got a little bit in here, but I'm going to put some more in this flask because I want to make some hydrogen. Do you want to make hydrogen? Yes, we want to make okay, hydrogen. Okay, so all you need is mossy zinc and some acid. It's interesting, you can make hydrogen by reacting a lot of metals with water one way or another. Uh, I did a, a major research project for the United States Navy to figure out how to help a nuclear submarine if it were to have a reactor break out on a patrol so they could bring all of their missiles back home safely without just bubbling to the top. They need power. And I figured out how to do it by reacting seawater with aluminum. So they have long rods of aluminum and they could be on there years and years and years and if they ever needed an emergency charge of power to get home, they'd react the seawater with the aluminum. And you can do that if you have a chemical called sodium hydroxide. And uh, they were so interested in it, they asked me to see if it would work with 
water from different oceans. I got seven different oceans under the Arctic ice cap. They brought them all in, and I tried, and they all worked. Okay, well, let's see if we can make some hydrogen. So I'm going to go ahead and pour some of this acid. So we've got acid in with the <laughs> with the mossy zinc, and it's starting to bubble. And since it's bubbling, hydrogen is being generated. Just think, that's all you have to do to make hydrogen. Can you hear that? I can hear it. What's I it sound see. like? Sounds like fizz. You can see hydrogen, hmm? Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> no, I have I a little stopper with a tube, so I'm going to go ahead and stick this in here okay. and see if I can stop it from making it. Mm. Doesn't look like it stopped, has it? So you can see how much hydrogen I'm making. And as we sit here and talk for a minute, we'll see if we can blow up this balloon. Look, it's trying to come shooting Look, off. it's blowing up. It's going to be good. That's I mean, awesome. We're not blowing it up. We're inflating it. Excuse me. I really, really... How dare I repeat you? <laughs> do you want to blow up a balloon? Well, I see balloons, and they're... Yeah, let's... You want to blow one up? Let's do it. Okay, I apologize for this part, but it's something that social people have to put up with. Okay, so here is a safety mask for you to wear. I want to be able to see. I'll do it. You, you have to be safe. Will you at least wear the safety glasses? Yep. You have some? Okay, put those on. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. And we'll take this nice balloon here. And I have some gloves made for a welder. <laughs> you sure do, and a welding hat. And I'll put on my glasses, of course. Please remember safety first. Oh, look, there's a lot of people out there. <laughs> All right, so if we add fire to this balloon uh -huh. inflated with hydrogen, what will happen? <laughs> what about the stuff we just made? You think it's real hydrogen? Yeah. You think it's real hydrogen? I think you're just having fun. I think it's the 4th of July. So, that fire that we just saw was Peugeot Monet creating water <laughs> by combining hydrogen with the oxygen in air. And that fire gave off energy, which is the way we power the hydrogen car. That energy pushes the piston down in the first car. In our more modern ones, it powers a fuel cell battery. You know, you can put a hydrogen fuel cell pack with a hydrogen storage tank in the trunk of an electric car like a Tesla and go a lot farther on hydrogen than you ever did on batteries. And I think that is soon about to be done. Awesome. Now I'm going to ask Dr. Sanchez if she'd do me a solid here. Come up, please. Let's hear it for Dr. Maria Sanchez. Thank you. 
Dr. Sanchez is a chemical engineer, so I'm going to ask you, could you please stop that reaction? <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And the way she's going to do that is by rinsing off the acid and saving the mossy zinc for next time. Oh, okay. Awesome. Isn't that awesome? So maybe that's how Fire Angel was born. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Who have you been talking to? Well. That's how Fire <laughs> Yeah, well, if I'm helping with it. Is that your hypothesis? That's my hypothesis. You know, now you make me want to go. <laughs> he would love to hear that that's what you said. He? Is it a he? Hey. Hey, hello. Hello there. Mr. R, that was really a wonderful demonstration. <laughs> Thank you for teaching us how to make our own hydrogen. Why did you want to make hydrogen? for my rocket. <laughs> Where are you going? Planet Peugeot. <laughs> what have you done? I think I used too much hydrogen. Too much? What happened? It blew up. It blew up? Planet Peugeot blew up. So what happened to all of the butterflies? They became a nebula. <laughs> A nebula? They're space butterflies. <laughs> Where are they going? Now we have a lot more butterflies. <laughs> They're coming in from space. It's really beautiful. <laughs> There's something really wrong with him. <laughs> Just a little bit. He's artificial. Nah. <laughs> It's completely, completely artificial. Well, uh, he did send you a package. Where, a package. Where, where's the package? Is it a gift? I like gifts. It's a gift. <clears throat> did he wrap it? I, it looks like he wrapped it. <laughs> he knows how to spell my name. Hey, Sherry. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He can't really tell you very well. <laughs> I. Don't be critical. No, just stay the obvious. Hmm, what is this? Show us. This is awesome. A cellus team. Read it to us, will you? I can't you? see it. Okay, I can. <laughs> I can see a nebula there. Can you read it for us? Species. Pegetica, <laughs> family, spaced butterflies, classification, planetless. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, isn't, isn't that special? <laughs> Moving back towards science. <clears throat> this is, okay. I want to get back to this hydrogen dream. You know, the idea of clean and affordable energy for everybody in the world is such a great idea. Yes. And one of the things that I wanted to demonstrate was that you really can do all of these different things with hydrogen. So I want to run through some because a lot of people don't realize just how many of these things we've actually tried. So let me show you a hydrogen bus. Take a look at this hydrogen bus. This was uh, built by my team and me, and was used in Riverside, California to provide rides for actual passengers there. 
and demonstrated that you could run a bus on hydrogen and when it was tested weekly by the Air Resources Board, it has zero emissions, which is pretty exciting. Now I want you to look at this Cadillac Seville. This car was in one of our presidential inaugural plates, and this showed you can run luxury cars. I can show you a lot of other cars. I've converted about 35 different types of cars to run on hydrogen for different automobile companies and others, showing how versatile it is. Uh, we need to take a look at this hydrogen house. Here's a house that I converted to hydrogen, and the whole house was powered by hydrogen. And it just shows you how versatile the fuel is. Here is the lawnmower. It was a Jacobson tractor, which, uh, here it is on the cover of a British magazine, and oh, I can't tell which R that is. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's R1, the original R. Oh, uh, might be. I think so. But we mowed the lawn with hydrogen. That's amazing. And it worked out really well. Uh, another interesting thing we converted to hydrogen was the kitchen stove. Mm. Take a look at the stove. Here is a burner that is burning hydrogen. And when we started doing this, we had a few problems, ended up needing to make an invention and got a patent out of it. But you can cook on hydrogen now, and it's absolutely a pollution-free solution. With a hydrogen stove, you know what's coming next. A hydrogen-powered cook. <laughs> this is a hydrogen cook. Look at that, on the hydrogen stove. And you know, when you bake with hydrogen, it puts moisture into the oven, and it's the most moist and delicious baking I've ever seen done. I think we should all have it. Uh, how many of you knew that we built a hydrogen motorcycle? Yeah, here it is, hydrogen-powered motorcycle. And behind, can you see that white building? That was the very first Billings Tower. Only. <laughs> It was only started? a two-story, but that was where we started the hydrogen company. Well, not we started where we grew into. We started smaller, more humble. <laughs> and also where we also started Billings Computer, which was kind of fun. But if you want to dial back, way, way back to the science fair mm -hmm. and the very first hydrogen car, take a look at this one. This is the hydrogen-powered Model A. And... Um, I think that's R60 something, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I want to show you another shot of this uh, hydrogen Model A where perhaps you can see that we painted it green. This is actually a colored shot. Can you see in the back of the Model A pickup truck, there is a red hydrogen tank peeking over mm -hmm. and the hydrogen comes out the tubing down the running bar and goes up into the engine. And this was a two-man vehicle, which meant that you have to have one person to drive it, and you had to have another person in the back to make it speed up or slow down. <laughs> yeah. it was, but this was the car that uh, won the gold and silver medal at the International Science Fair. And really, want it, to, to my knowledge, it was absolutely not only the first time anyone would build a hydrogen car, but even the first time it would really seriously thought about it. And why would you? Well, 
because it really is a wonderful solution. I want to show you maybe uh, one more. This is a hydrogen post office Jeep. This vehicle was used to deliver mail by the U.S. Post Office. We have some kids here posing with it. They are not mailmen. <laughs> yeah, they work for Amazon. That was a joke. Yeah. That was 51. That's he said 51. that. Yeah. But at any rate, the idea of having a universal fuel system like this so that we can power a home, so that we can utilize the resources on this planet safely, cleanly, and efficiently is really an exciting thing. And one of the most important things about hydrogen, in my opinion, is the fact that when you get solar, wind, geothermal, any source of energy, and you convert it to hydrogen, stored, transported as hydrogen, then when you utilize it, to drive your car, to light up your house, or whatever you want to do, the total energy utilization is more efficient. So by consuming less of the planet's resources, you can get the job done, and without poisoning the environment, without adding greenhouse gases to the atmosphere, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that having been said, uh, Dr. Peje Monet was wondering if she could have a little bit of time to teach us some social lessons before we finish today, right? <laughs> that wasn't very social, was it? Actually, Such what I was really up. wanting to do is okay. I was wanting to clap for all this. I really think it's exciting. <laughs> That's what you call thinking fast on your feet. No, I've been thinking about it. I want to clap for everything, but it wasn't feet. appropriate. Well, it's, it's, it's exciting, exciting to develop a technology. And in the last minute, I just want to say that it was for three years that I tried to get that first engine to run on hydrogen. And I tried so many different things. And no matter what I would do, I could never get it to run. And I kept studying, learning, trying more things, trying to evaluate what happened and improve it. And then one day, it ran. And you know, after you eliminate all the problems, then it works. And that day, when that engine started to run, and it ran really well, I, I realized that something earth-shaking had just happened to this planet. And I knew that this was going to change the future. And as an inventioneer, when you get that sense of, of accomplishment and fulfillment, it's, it's worth all the effort. It was worth all the time. I want to give a shout out to our wonderful teachers, the ones that help us with the cellist and the ones that are in our schools throughout the nation and even throughout the world. Uh, boy, let's hear it for teachers. Teachers are wonderful. <clears throat> but while we're remembering them, let's realize that a teacher cannot force you to learn. To be able to harvest knowledge, you have to want it and you have to be willing to put in the effort. Every single P3 
piece or speck of knowledge that you obtain and put between your ears <laughs> is going to empower you to do really marvelous things. And that's why I, I just want to say, study, study, study like your life depended on it. It's not only your life, it's all of us that are going to benefit okay. from your wonderful ideas and inventions or your music or your dance or whatever the thing is that you decide to do. See you next time.